dedicated to each and every one of you who appreciate a great glass of wine. You know what I mean? It's Monday. Let's raise a glass to the beginning of another week. It's time to unscrew, uncork, or saber a bottle. And let's begin exploring the wine glass. Today, I'm sitting down with Nicole Ruiz Hudson, and we are sharing a glass of Cognigliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG, the original production zone of Italy's sparkling wine. This region is extremely small and has incredibly steep hills with much more complex soils than the DOC. During the interview, I enjoyed Zardetto Long Charmat Conigliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG Brut. A big thank you to Kimberly Charles of Charles Communications for helping to arrange the interview and supplying the samples to both Nicole and myself. Hey everybody, I'm Lori Budd, a UC Davis winemaking program, Someday Service, and WSET Level 2 graduate. You can find Exploring the Wine Glass on all of the socials, as well as your favorite podcast catchers. If you haven't subscribed yet, now's the perfect time to swipe, subscribe, rate, and review. I promise I'll never tell you what to drink, but I'll always share what's in my glass. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Allure of the Poor. I am sitting here today with Nicole Ruiz Hudson, who is going to be sharing her knowledge and along with a bottle (laughs) of Prosecco from a very special region. And I'm going to attempt to say this and I've been practicing, but I'm going to attempt. So I'm going to, I'm going to mess it up. Maybe I should just let you say it and then I'll repeat it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, can do that. I know it, we were just saying it, it is a bit of a tongue twister, but we are drinking today. We're both drinking wines from Conliano Valdobbiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG. There it is. And <laughs> I see, I would have, I put that hard G in there. I, I say Coniglio, Coniglia. And so that's wrong. Right. I mean, well, I think I'm sure I'm sure it's not supposed to have a hard G. I'm sure it's not supposed to have a hard G. So Conigliano Valdo Biadene Superior D-O-C-G. All right. And we are going to get into what that actually means. But the first thing I want to do is show this beautiful bottle of what I am drinking. So this is uh, Zardetto, and it is a uh, Prosecco, Superior DOCG, and it is um, one of the oldest producers in the region. So I'm excited to taste it, and I have to tell you, I already did. (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll raise a glass. Are you already poured for yours? I am. Okay. Cheers. So slancha or salute. Um, and I guess I should share what I'm drinking since it Absolutely. is since we're drinking different different yes. bottles. I am drinking a bottle from Lentica Quercia, um, and that is the Lentica Quercia A, which is for Ancestrale. And this is a Sulevity, um, which I'm 
not sure I'm pronouncing correctly, but um, and it is a brut nature, and we'll get to um, we'll get to in a little. I'll explain later what that what means. That is right because that is actually something yeah. very special, uh, and in pretty new. Yes, and old. It's both new and old, <laughs> and you have to love it when something can be new and old at the same time. Yeah. And we'll get into that too because there's actually a couple of new things that have just been mm-hmm. allowed into the Conigliano Valdebiadene <laughs> Superior DOCG. But before we get into that, I want everybody to know who you are. So, do you want to just do a little brief bio of yourself? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, I have been. Lucky enough to be um, to join you for Wine Writers Wrap Up a few times before, but I am. Uh, my name is Nicole Ruiz Hudson. I am a writer and blogger. I blog mostly about wines at somstable.com. Um, I also do a little bit of PR work and um, on a on a yeah, I do a little bit of PR work and I get to work. I'm very lucky to get to work with do a bit of work for. Um, Coliano Valdobiadene Prosecco Superiore DOCG. <laughs> or we can shorten it to Prosecco Superiore DOCG. <laughs> All right. Um, and I, I absolutely, first of all, I think that Prosecco in general is. I think it's been popular for a while, but I think it is increasing in popularity. And I have to say, because of the Superior DOCG, I think that's really why it is increasing in the popularity, because there has been past notion that Prosecco is a lower level sparkling wine, which I don't Keep exactly. Cheerful, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and with this superior DOCG, they are, they are just proving that it is, it is fresh. It is exciting. It is, but in addition to that, it is delicious and it is well worthy of celebrations and, and day, you know, and a daily yeah. drink. And that's what I think is making it so spectacular. I think that's totally true. And, um, if- if you don't mind, I can just jump into delineating what the differences are yes. um, to, to help clarify a little bit. Um, so the Prosecco Superiore DOCG area, th- that zone is a very small, tiny and specific zone that's um, it's very hilly. It's just it's basically north. If you drive north from Venice, um, about, a, about 50 kilometers from, from Venice and about 100 from the Dolomites. So you're in the foothills of the Dolomites, and you have this very dramatic, um, these very dramatic landscapes and vistas that I can talk about a little bit more. Um, they're quite unique. Um, talk more about it in a bit. Um, so it's this tiny, tiny zone made up of, of 15 communes. It's actually the original Prosecco zone. Um, it, I, I think, it became a, it became a. It originally got delineated as a specific zone in 1969, and then it became DOCG in 2009. Um, So you had this tiny little zone, but you had a lot of producers that, of course, wanted to make, wanted to be able to make more of this lovely, easy drinking, uh, sparkling wine. So to allow for more production to be made at this sort of entry level point, they created another zone, which is much wider. Um, it, it tends to be mostly in valley areas, and uh, it can be in, I want to say, nine different communes that spread throughout 
uh, both Veneto and Friuli Venezia Giulia. So it's a much wider area. Um, and there's less restriction in those areas. So even though you can have the really lovely wines coming from those areas too, it is, um, that's where, that's where you get those, like, lo those easy drinking, cheap, cheap and cheerful wines. Whereas the Prosecco DOCG zone is this very tiny area that is uh, far more artisanal and the restrictions are much, much more stringent. Mm -hmm. And you have, um, and actually they're pretty terroir driven wines as well. Absolutely. And that, you know, everybody always talks about real estate is location, location, location. And those hills aren't like they, it's funny because they call them hills. Uh, they are steep. <laughs> they, mm -hmm. uh, they are very steep hills. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and so in this, in this terroir, you know, um, what, what makes champagne champagne is that limestone. And that's what's here also is the limestone. And that region with that steep, with that steepness and the limestone really does um, make it superior, which is the perfect. <laughs> yeah. And you're 100% right that the, uh, that for, even though we're calling that, even though they're sort of the foothills of the Dolomites, you're absolutely right. That it's <laughs> super, super steep. <laughs> I actually had the pleasure to go there. It was one of my last uh, trips before COVID. So I, I had nice. The, yeah, I had the chance to go in 2019 and use sort of as you're driving in from the air from the airport in Venice, um, you you start to climb, and then all of a sudden you have this very dramatic landscape coming all around you. Very you know little hairpin turns around hillsides, um, th th jaw just like breath. Yeah, yeah. absolutely jaw droppingly beautiful. I a hundred percent recommend going when you know when people can again because it, it it's very special. Just very, very beautiful. And actually the landscape, um, they, in 2019, they got awarded um, a UNESCO World Heritage Site yes. for their cultural landscape. So it's, it's particularly special. And uh, that cultural landscape uh, designation is meant to uh, celebrate the interaction between the landscape that is there and how the people of the area have come to work with it. So it's like this, this beautiful interplay between the culture and the, you know, the existing, the existing land. And now they, I don't know if you've been there during this time, um, but they actually have um, a celebration of, of it, right? It's, um, oh, and I just lost the name of the celebration. It's probably like superiors. Uh, so, um, Conig right, Conegliano Valdebiadene Festival. And they celebrate it over months. So like, it's like a three month celebration. And from what I understand, that's exactly what the celebration is, it, you know, is that relationship. I did not get to go there during that particular time, but um, it, it sounds lovely. And, it, and I think as soon as you go there too, you see how special it is, is you really see, like, like we were talking about these dramatic hillsides. And then the way, the, the cultural part of it is that the farmers that have worked there um, found these, found this method of creating um, these very special terrace slopes, um, these terraces that, that are a little different from how you see terraces most other places. Like they're usually stony. These are okay. you they use grass actually to, to oh, create wow. the terraces. But so wow. it um so it has this very patchwork look. 
Um, it, it, I, I don't know, it kind of, in a way, sort of reminds me of, um, I don't know, so, something, something about it reminded me of like Lord of the Rings, even though it's like- Oh no, I have to go. I have to go now. <laughs> Oh my gosh! It's like this, like very quaint, beautiful. You see, then you see the patchwork in, in the on the hillsides, and that's it. It's really hard to work there, so it takes the the workers in this area many more hours per year. Um, I, I think it's eight hundred. It's eight hundred in the in the in the DOCG superiore zone versus the um, DOC zone. Um, eight hundred to 150 hours is the difference of wow. how, what it takes to it's work different. this land. So they call it heroic viticulture because like you're working on these like sometimes 70 degree slopes that are just crazy. I wonder, I wonder if they use the, you know, like some of the really steep slopes, they they're harnessed in, which makes, you know, like that just for safety, safety issues is like, it's gotta be tough to harvest when you're on a thing like, you know, yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't seen harnesses, but I have seen these like, although I guess they should have that. <laughs> 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 I've seen these sort of like um, rigs that they use to, because because you can't use tractors, so you right. can't use the typical methods to, because the tractor would just topple. So I, I, I've seen photos anyway of these rigs that they use to sort of um, transport like baskets of grapes from one place to another so it's like a pulley system oh okay it is yeah it's oh interesting kind of like the pulley system they used in um in uh game of thrones to go up there right they had right. <laughs> <laughs> we're just covering all, oh, all, all the key, key worlds <laughs> <I love. laughs> absolutely right. so what makes prosecco prosecco is that very special Glera grape. So you want to give us a little background on Glera and like how, you know, what it, what it's about and why it's so special in this area. And while you're talking, I'm going to drink. Absolutely. So, um, so Glera is the, so for a while, the grape was referred to as Prosecco, but it got so confusing (laughs) to have the area and the grape and everything that they went back to a traditional term for the grape, which is glara. Um, and what is special about this grape is semi-aromatic and which means, which is what gives you all of these like lovely floral, pretty fruity notes that you're really trying, that you're trying to enhance um, when you when you make Prosecco or Prosecco Superiore di Osuji. Um, and it, for, and for this reason, the typical, the typical method of making the wine is through the Martinati or the Charmat method, which is the, which differs from a traditional method wine um, in that it, the second fermentation doesn't happen in the bottle, it happens in a tank, but this, but in this system, it helps preserve the beautiful aromatics and the, and those lovely floral and pear and like white peach aromas that you get from, from this lovely grape. And typically, and this kind of leads right into something that you had uh, mentioned at the very beginning, is that typically the non-superiori DOCG uh, Proseccos, those, um, how did you say it? the festive, uh, Oh, cheap and cheerful. Cheap and cheerful. 
I feel like Keep I think cheerful. that term up from Jansis or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> so those chief and cheerful Proseccos, uh, they are, they're not aged on leaves. It, and the re, they're, they're very crisp. They're very fresh. And their, their second fermentation is done in that tank. And then they're getting released and they, they're, they're known for their freshness. But one of these things that was just, uh, allowed or create, I don't, I guess allowed into the Superiore DOCG is that we are seeing Proseccos that are aged on lees. And before you get into that, I just want to explain the, for people who don't know, lees are basically the dead yeast cells and they play a big impact on that profile of, of any, any wine, you know, any sparkling wine or even any wine being on the lees is gives a profile. So you want to go into what's new about the superiority? Yeah. So, well, I think I should clarify a little bit too, that um, most Prosecco of all kinds is made via that Charmanis. So, or the Martinotti method, since Martinotti's from this area, so we'll go with him. <laughs> um, so, um, so most of the wine is made in this way that is, is used to help preserve those pretty fruity notes and the aromatics. Now, um, what the Sioux Levity category, it's a new, uh, it's a new category or typology um, that they have allowed in as of 2019. Um, this is a method that is, it's actually the oldest method of making though. It's the very traditional method of making um, Prosecco in the, in the region. It's the, it's the way it was done beforehand, before, uh, before the Martinotti method was developed. And I think it was around the turn of the century. Um, and the way that what happens in this case is that the second fermentation does happen in the bottle. The the leaves are trapped inside, so you don't, they're not disgorged. So you often get a little bit of a cloudiness. Um, and this was traditionally referred to as colfondo. Um, now under the DOCG, uh, under the new typology, it's referred to as shulevity. Um, There are slight, very slight differences on, uh, between the two, like colfondo is, has a slightly, it, like if you were to go with Colfondo, I believe the specifics are that uh, the, the pressure is, oh. is a little, can, can be a little bit lower. And then to, uh, then the other thing as well is that a couple of, uh, a couple of producers had trademarked Colfondo. So, so for oh, the wider okay. region, right. they used Sioux Levity, which is, um, which is both a tends to be made at the, which is made, has to be made at the spumante level. So a little bit more bubbly. And then also um, it's brut nature. So it is, uh, there's, there's zero dosage, zero, zero, there's nothing. It, it's, it's what's there. It's bone, bone, bone dry. And, this, and I think that's funny that it used to be made this way. Then um, <laughs> the Charmant method came more, I'm going to say, pronounce his name again. Martinotti. Martinotti. I, 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 you know who I have? And I don't want to say, I have, I have the San Francisco guy, the radio guy in my head. And that's how it, I keep wanting to say Marconi. And, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So Martinotti came up with this um, method and kind of the traditional way went away because this was such a, 
spectacular way to make the Prosecco. And I just love, you know, it's the adage of saying, you know, what comes around goes around, what's old is new again, that mm-hmm. they're, they're now re, this, this old traditional method is resurging. And um, so it is a little different because my sparkling actually was produced um, on leaves. They held it on leaves uh, for mm. uh, six months. So there is a there is a little bit um, of that uh, toastedness. It's not it's uh. not nutty. It's not past that um, at that point. But um, I it and I think that's something that else is with the superior superiority uh, DOCG is just more um, care and cons- concern and wine making paying attention to I don't you know I don't want to you know I don't want to make it sound like Prosecco doesn't do that because they do but there's more of it in the superiority DOCG well and and to this point too like even though there's a there's a lot of very small producers in the DOCG area there are also like some of the same producers are making wines in both um so oftentimes if you want you know, if you have a favorite brand already, um, that's maybe perhaps a little bit bigger, they are probably making both, uh, both DOC and DOCG wines. And it's sometimes it's, it's really fun to explore the differences. I've had a chance to, to, to do that a couple of times where, where I've had a chance to taste through, um, well, not, not even, well, we're not even going to get to get into a solo today very much, but there's another, there's another little region <laughs> called a solo and some producers make from, you know, in all three areas and you can taste very, you know, n- nuanced differences for, for those terroir geeks of us out right, there. It's right. really fun. And it's, and the nice part is, is that the cost difference between the various different levels is very, very, very small. It's a matter of a couple, like two to $3 sometimes. Uh, and, and you can, and so it's, it's, it's a fun experiment to do. Wow. Yeah. And you know, that really does show, I, I love doing, you know, in, you know, side by sides for different, you know, for, you know, different vineyards or, you know, the thing is, is that you can really taste that terroir because you're talking about the same winemaker. So you're talking about probably the same winemaking process. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's really different is where those grapes are coming from. So those side-by-sides are just so much fun for, you know, to geek out on and yeah. to really- and, and, to, and to get a real handle on what it is that, you know, we're, you know, wine geeks are talking about. When, I, I think there's no, there's no um, better way to learn than to see for yourself, you know? Uh, right, right. And now, so you were talking about the uh, Sulevity. The other new thing that is um, with the Superiori DOCG is that they added the extra brute, which you also kind of talked about a little bit. Um, you want to just go a little further into that? Um, yeah, so the, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the levels in, in general. Um, so for, for, for generally speaking for Prosecco, Superiore DOCG, um, you can, it, it can be made anywhere from dr- dry to extra dry. And now they've added, as you said, the extra brut category. Um, so the extra brut ca- category is the most crisp. It's the most minerally in, in profile. Um, it, it feels a little more modern. 
extra dry, has a little bit of residual sugar left in. I tend to feel like it doesn't taste, most well-made versions don't taste sweet. Right. They taste very balanced. Um, they, it's just a bit fruity. Um, and I love these. This is actually the most uh, sort of considered the classic for the region, but um, I love these for pairing with slightly spicy foods. Um, I, I think I've shared this in various places many times with my, one of my husband's favorite uh, takeout options is Szechuan. And this is so super spicy. Usually I'm grabbing a bottle of the extra dries to, to pair because I think it just, <laughs> it refreshes your palate a whole bit. And then, um, and then there's dry and extra dry, which, uh, excuse me. Yeah, there's, <laughs> Yes. And then there's dry at the end, <laughs> um, which is, which is a bit sweeter. Um, and this you might actually have for either a fruit dessert or a little bit, uh, or maybe richer foods too. Cause you know, that, that hint of sugar sometimes works really nicely with things like foie gras and other right. fatty foods. Right. And I think that that is something a little bit confusing, I think, to the general public, because when the general populace hears dry, they think it's mm-hmm. dry and they're not, you know, like I oh. think their brain kind of goes, that should be the beginning of it. And that's really kind of, you know. And I, I left out brute, but oh, somehow yeah. and, and, and brute, I'm just realizing brute falls, brute falls in between extra dry and, and um, extra brute. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit in between those two, a little more crisp sort of in, the, in that modern space as well. And then for the, um, for the sweet levities, they are, um, these are made in, the, they, they call it as brute nature. They refer to those as brute nature, which is. Which is essentially the same as extra fruit, almost. <laughs> right, right. And now a word from our sponsor. Did you know that Dracina Wines has a wine club? We named it the Chalk Club. Draco is on our label, but Vegas was getting a bit jealous, so we decided he deserved to be our wine club spokesman. In Las Vegas, betting chalk means that you are betting on all of the favorites, and we're gambling that once you taste our wines, we will become one of your favorite wineries. The club is simple, yet a bit different than most. We don't ask for a lot of commitment like others do. Choose between three tiers. The Sweet 16, where you'll receive three bottles twice a year and get 25% off all orders. Sign up for the Elite 8 and get 30% off all orders and receive four bottles twice a year. Or make it to the Final Four and receive six bottles twice a year, as well as receiving 35% off all purchases. All tiers receive discounted shipping, are customizable, and are eligible for unlimited referral bonuses. Add $15 to your bank for each person you refer. Head to www.dracinawines.com or the link in the show notes to find out all the Chalk Club has to offer and to sign up. We've stopped the odds so that you can get our award-winning wines without breaking the bank. And so let's let's go back. You had mentioned that there's uh, 15 communes in the Prosecco Superior DOCG. And I'm going to ask you, I really don't know what this means. Um, there are uh, 43 specific Prosecco Superiore Rive in the yeah, DOCG. Rive. So what um, is a Rive? So they so they think of the Rive as their sort of premier crew. Um, vineyards and there's specific vineyards. Rive means hillside uh, or slope, and it um, there's specific areas 
specific slopes that they have designated, um, that they have sort of recognized for a particular terroir and particular attributes. Um, so that is what the rebae are. So if you see that, um, I, I, I still don't see them as often as I would like here. So if you see one, I would snatch it up. Snatch it up. <laughs> and, okay. then, and then while we're talking about it, um, these like sort of premier crew and grand crew, they consider there, there's one hill, one very special hill called the Hill of Cartipse. And they consider this their, um, their grand crew, which is teeny tiny it's like like i said one oh, one hill in total about like 107 100 or 108 hectares hectares yeah, hectares yeah and and um very tightly packed it is i believe my understanding is that it is the sort of um per like per hectare it is the most expensive place to uh buy vineyards in in all of italy so oh, it's quite, all right. it's very well, you know, if they are the, the grand crew, you know, the, 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 yeah. the uh, premier, uh, absolutely. And have you had, have, that's not yeah. what you have, right? You, that's not what I have today. today um, but you I have, had it. I have had the cartizes. They are lovely. They're very complex. Um, they, the most traditional way of making of cartice is traditionally produced in a dry style. So it okay. is a, traditionally made to be a little sweeter. However, a few producers do make um, actually drivers <laughs> like brute, brute. Right. And so what do you think about the Cartice? Is it the steepest? Is it the highest altitude? What do you think about the Cartice that, that it, makes it the DOCG? It, it, it is... Um, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I uh, I went to a, a restaurant there that's perched on the hillside, so you can like oh my you god, outside and you can see down, um, and it is it's very steep. But it's also uh, it, it's also the particular mix of soils, which I want to say is mostly it's mostly sandstone. But I, I would sandstone. need to double check myself. I need, I would need to double check myself on that one. Okay. Um, did, did I misspeak? I thought I did read that, that there is a lot of limestone in the area. Did I, did um, I misspeak? I mean, I know there's sandstone in the area. So I believe there is limestone more in the, um, more in the Valdobbiadene era. Right. Oh, so okay. The, so what's interesting too, is that the, those, those tongue twisting names, <laughs> Kaliana and Valdobbiadene are, were chosen because they are two, two villages essentially, um, that right. are, that have principal importance. So, um, Kaliano, which is in the Eastern section of the region is the cultural capital. Um, so this, you can stay there. It's very, lovely town there's lots of nice places to eat um and then Valdobbiadene is the uh production capital right. and in addition to this uh, they also have their differences so in Colniano the uh it's it's more of the rolling hillsides which are still pretty steep but they're, they're a little less steep um and then the the soils are more clay based mixed with sandstone and okay. then if i'm not mistaken then in Valdobbiadene, you have that you have more of a mixture that's more sandstone. I believe there's some limestone, limestone in. mixed in as well, and uh, steeper hillsides. So then this 
it, it's hard to get to, you know, to, to the specificity of, of tasting between the two areas, but if you can, it's also another fun one to do. <laughs> but Conleano's wine, the wines produced in Conleano are tend to be, have like a, they're, they're both fruity, but the Conleano wines have like this like rounded fruit profile that are, that's a little more fleshy and maybe perhaps a little more structured. And then in Baldo uh, Biadene, it's a little bit more delicate. It's a delicate fruity profile and with floral notes and a little bit more minerality. Okay, awesome. Come in from some of those, I think, because of the mixture of soils as well. And then Cartice, which we were talking about, is in Baldo Biadene. <laughs> okay. And it's the, it's like the highest. No? You know, I would need... I'm just not, I would need to double check, but it's like the one special, it's one special hill that's extremely steep. Steep. Okay. So it's the steepness that, okay. Awesome. Uh, all right. So going back to the, um, the, the grape itself, uh, it is the Glara grape is all is originally from the area, right? This, and this is, yes. you had mentioned about how, um, this is the original area that was made for Prosecco. Um, mm -hmm. But then they wanted to expand it because they needed, oops, they needed more Prosecco, right? Right. Kind of, okay. And so th there's a large portion of people uh, who produce in multiple areas and just in the Prosecco DOC and in the Superiore DOCG. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think that they, um, like in terms of us getting stuff here in the United States, is one easier than the other to get? Um, I mean, I, I think some of the bigger brands are always, just tend to be easier to find, but some of these, but even their, their DOCG wines will be made in this more traditional, ex excuse me, this more um, hands-on um, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm losing my words. Um, this more like uh, handmade that has more because the grapes for the DOCG area for the Superiore DOCG area have all, all have to be handpicked. So okay. um, it, it is more artisanal, regardless okay. of what size. That's one of the regulations for. of being a Superiore mm -hmm. DOCG is handpicking. Yes, okay. and um, the. So I think some of the bigger brands, you just tend to have national distribution. Um, so you may be able to find them more easily across the country. I think a lot of really wonderful um, artisanal producers, and we're talking like, I mean, well, you of all people know how this works, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, a lot of times this is like a family, <laughs> you know, it's a husband and wife team right. or, or, or two generations or something along these lines uh, that, they're tending to their vineyards and their winery. Um, and th there are quite a few of them. I'm, I think in, in 2020, there were 192 in total. <laughs> I oh, wow. for myself. And um, so very small operations. And I, I think these are very worth seeking out. And I, I, I think the difference might be in this distribution level. I think sort of different areas of the country, you may be able to find certain smaller producers more easily and depending on where their um, Im importers and distributors are. And then, uh, so, so you may not be able to find the same ones all over the place. I think that's more the, right. I think what I've seen. Right. Well, that, that's actually very common with 
anything that's being imported. There's usually the, the New York, the East Coast importers or Washington, D.C., and then you have the West Coast, you know, the California. And, you know, very often you're seeing two different two different wineries, you know, that are kind of equivalent, yeah. but two different wineries. Some go to the East Coast, some go to the West Coast. Um, and, and I have found... Uh, I have found Superioria DOCG bottles at, you know, at, well, certainly at Whole Foods, at, at a lot of the bigger retailers out here as well. Um, so I think it's just a matter of going to looking for that extra designation on the label. Oh, we should maybe point out <laughs> that on the capsule, one way ah. to find it easily on the capsule, there's a little flag um, that will say DOC or DOCG. Mm-hmm. That's one way to tell. It's usually also the back of the bottle too. Right. And they, they, you know, I think, um, oh, it, yes, mine does. I was going to say it's, I'm pretty sure mine says it on the front also, you know, very, very possibly. Right. And, uh, you know, I would tend to think that if there, that's an honor to be able to call your wine that, so um, you're going to find it. Um, So let's, let's get into the, the wine a bit. So mine is Zardetto. And I have to say, I, I looked on their website and they are very modern and very, um, <laughs> I hate it. Hip is like the only word I can think of. <laughs> the, the videos that are on their website and how they're producing, um, my guess is that they just went through a rebranding that their label might've just changed because the whole video is filled with color and, and, you know, music that is just beautiful. Uh, and so uh, it's, it was interesting to me because they are one of the oldest um, producers in the Superiore DOCG. They've actually been producing Prosecco there for 40 years in that area for 40 years. So, and they were actually one of the first wineries to actually import their Prosecco into the United States. So they've been, they've been around for quite some time and they're keeping up with modern times in their marketing. But well, what's interesting is that mine is sort of opposite to yours in a couple of different <laughs> ways. <laughs> Even though mine is the sweet levity, um, the producer for this, the Lentica Querche's owner, whose name is Claudio Francavilla, he, um, he, th- this, he does not come from a multi-generational um, oh, wine producing okay. family. He, he left the business world, I think just under 15 years ago, and decided to, decided to switch over and produce, um, he, he, wanted to, he wanted to make wine, he wanted a more awesome. agricultural lifestyle. Awesome. And, um, and he was, he has been uh, very, he was very drawn to this particular style of wine. Oh, I should actually mention a couple of things just for, um, if people want more details, um, that Wine and Spirits in August did a really great piece on this new category on the Sioux Levity and Colfondo, like that, that the sort of whole tradition um, of the wines. So in August, if you can look for that if you want more detailed info. Um, and this producer, Lentica Quercha, is included there. Okay. And then if you want just like more info in general on the whole region, um, Wine Enthusiast did a really great piece that uh, yeah, at the beginning of last year. Awesome. Fantastic. That kind of goes into the details. Awesome. Yeah. Now, this wine is, is cons- on the label, it says uh, Long Charmat. 
So you want to explain the difference between what Charmat is and, and a long Charmat? <laughs> well, I, th I think that's, I, I think that's in reference to what you were talking about before, Lori, that the, um, the extended lease contact on, that they, that they, they let it sit on the lease in the tank. Yeah. Okay. So, so still the Charmat method, right. <laughs> so, um, still, um, still that tank method, but they're leaving the lees in there. And then the difference is of course, if uh, one wants to compare it to uh, traditional method wines, uh, traditional method sparkling wines, um, you, even though you're going to have lees contact in the tank, it's still not as much contact Right. Um, than you would see in a bottle. So you're going to have less of that toasty, you know, like, like you were saying. Right. Absolutely. So this, this wine, um, they said the second fermentation, uh, took about 40, 40 days that, that I think is pretty consistent, but then the fact that the six months on lees where I'm guessing, I, I don't know in a non, in a typical Charmant method, is it, does it, how long is it staying in that tank? Do you know before? I think it varies a little bit by producer and what they're trying to achieve, but yeah, a, a much less. Like, much and so that because you're a, a lot of times what they're trying to do is, is get that that sort of th those pretty floral aromatics and that fruitiness. Okay. Um, and then with mine, um, well, we we kind of talked about what that whole um, what the winemaking so is levity. for this style. Yeah, for this style. Um, it is in addition aged in the bottle for one year before release. And I have to say like, even though this is a, it has texture and it has roundness from, from that extra leaves contact. It is, it is very crisp. It is lots of minerals here. So lots of minerality still in this wine. Um, and then it's for this one, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's, it's a little hazy, but it's still, I don't know. It has a brightness to despite its haziness. <laughs> that makes sense. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. This, this, this is, uh, you know, crystal, crystal clear, you know, um, and there is like, if I was blind tasting it, I would say there was, there was leaves. You can taste the impact of the leaves, but mm. again, it's, it's like a toast. Um, you know, you ever see that picture on Facebook, which toast is your favorite toast color? You know, like one, two, three, you know, and the 10 is like black and the one is just slightly browned. You know, that's, that's it. Like that perfect toast that comes out of the toaster. That's what, what this has, but it's not that, what's in front. That's on the back palette. Is that. So that's so interesting because I have not had that wine. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out because that sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a sort of in between a little bit, like just a little bit of pastry with your, with your fruit. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it is, it's, it's aromatic. It's got, um, uh, I'm, I'm horrible with the flowers. Um, it, you know what? It even has a little bit of, of, um, see, I'm not going to say honey of like agave, like, ah, you know, like, like a, a sort of a, a fresh greenness. Kind yeah. Of? Yeah. Um, and it is, it's got its floral aromatics. It's, and it is fresh. It's refreshing and it could be dangerous because it's a it's only 11 and a half percent alcohol. So actually, actually same here. I, I think that's about average for, I think for so, the right? region. And, uh, but yeah, jumping off of that, like mine, 
mine on the nose, I get like white. It's like if like a if if a peach crashed onto a craggy stone. <laughs> That's kind of what I smell, <laughs> along with like some fresh flower, uh, like white flowers mixed in. And then on the on the palate, it's kind of it, 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 it's a really it's still that white peach, still those stones, like a really crisp pear. And like, like even more of that, that minerality, I get, I get that even more on the palate than, than I did on the nose. This is, this is a rounded Prosecco. Like it's, it's refreshing, but it's not that, that crisp. It's not, it's not that crisp. It, it's beautiful. I absolutely love it. Um, but it's, it's different. And that, that's the lees, I think, you know, um, it's, yes. it's, it just kind of rounds itself in on your tongue and, and, you know, it's, it does have the peach. It does have the aromas. Um, you know, like if you're driving through that peach farm during block, you know, during blossom, whatever it's there, but it, the lees really kind of rounds it down. So it, it, it doesn't have that crisp acidity that, pops in you know that pops in your face but it's yeah. it, there's acids there yeah like similar because like I mean this one also of course has leaves so s- similar um it has a roundness up front and then and I think without um with with because this is a uh, brut nature there's no sugar I think without that sort of hint of roundness this would maybe even feel almost too crisp in a way like it sort of balances it so, out because then you have that citrus like it sort of has all those rounded fruit notes up front but then it finishes with like lemon juice and and stones so I think if you didn't have some texture there to balance it out it would it, like, it, would, it would almost feel yeah it would almost feel a little like, like right <laughs> kilter <me. laughs> <laughs> so I also want to bring up um, part of the uh, Superiore DOCG. They uh, started a promotion back, I think, in May called uh, "Table with uh, Eight at Table with Us," and I, you reached out to me, and I was so grateful to be part of this promotion. Um, it it was so what a wonderful concept to do. Uh, so do you want to just talk a little bit about the promotion? Because, you know, I know it was back in May, but it is constantly going and con- yeah, and we're, should we're, be constantly be going. <laughs> absolutely. So this is a sort of, it's a continuation of um, a initiative that they had um, in Italy called A Tavola con Noi, which translates <laughs> to At Table With Us, <laughs> um, where just they're trying to encourage, recognizing recognizing that we're all in this place where we're just starting to open up again and that restaurants have been hurting they're sort of trying to promote help encourage people to go out and eat out at their favorite places again either or or order in and then if you can <laughs> order a bottle of prosecco superiore docg to pair with your food so it's like the little happy marriage of supporting yes. your local restaurants and um, enjoying it with one of these beautiful wines. Um, because also tying into all of this is the fact that uh, these, I think, well, I think sparkling wines in general tend to have a problem that like people don't think about them with food, but sort of as a broad category, they are, they share some of the best food wines. And I think 
in some cases that, that goes doubly for the Prosecco Superiore di OCG wines because I, I find that they work with things that even uh, that traditional method wines may not work with so well, particularly like I was talking about um, uh, spicy cuisines, uh, things with a lot uh, in both in terms of heat and also spicy and that maybe has a lot of flavors like spices and herbs. It sort of works across the board. It sort of folds seamlessly into just about anything that you can, um, that that you might be having, it just, it just works very easily. It, it's not gonna challenge uh, pretty much like just about anything that you're having. It's of course, very traditional for aperitivo, but it also works with meaty dishes, salumis. Um, for, for mine in particular, I saw one recommendation was with pizza Bianca, the oh. white pizza. Um, I was thinking about doing that. Maybe you could share what you're going to do with yours later, Lori. But um, <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking of doing this with a, a creamy chicken pasta with lots of herbs as well, because it's sort of uh, both the, t- the, the texture can sort of match and then balance the, uh, the I think, a cream sauce, pork. We're, we're going work to really- do it with a pasta dish with some fresh rosemary and, um, you know, just like a a Provence, you know, wrong, wrong country, but, you know, like, like some fresh uh, herbs and stuff into, into the pasta, just kind of toss it all together. That's what we're having with it. You and I are in similar wavelengths then. Yes. (laughs) I will toast you while I'm having dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Right with you. (laughs) Right with you. Um, But yeah, I, I think that it is such a wonderful uh, idea, you know, at table with us because, it really is true. It's been, it's, you know, it's been hard for everybody, but the, you know, those small mom and pop restaurants and all of those, they really have been hit hard and they're still being hit hard because now they can't here, they can't get workers to work. Now they can open, but nobody wants to work anymore. Um, so that's and the regulations are constantly changing. Yeah, back in, back out. It's right. really hard. It's right. To figure inside, outside. Out. Right. I mean, you know, Paso just went to know more inside. You know, it's like every day it's a new new thing. But the thing that I, I, in addition to that, like you had said, you know, Prosecco kind of has always been thought of as it's like you said, sparkling as the aperitivo, and this is these wines are so much more. There's nothing wrong with starting your evening off yeah, with it. Certainly not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But there's, there's Prosecco's and especially the Superiore DOCGs that can go across any course in the meal. And that's really impressive. <laughs> yeah. And I think like for, I think people don't necessarily think about it with slightly heavier dishes, but like, um, the, the fact that it has a city and those refreshing bubbles often helps to sort of cleanse the palate when you're refresh your palate, when you're having something a little, um, a, with a little more substance that is perhaps a little heavier on the palate, yeah. this can be really refreshing. Absolutely. It helps you take a sip so that you can continue eating more. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And we all want to be able to do that. <laughs> and then just to tie into the one more to the at table with us, um, if, if you happen to take a picture of uh, something you're having from a restaurant uh, with a bottle of Prosecco Superiore DOCG, um, you put it on Instagram and hashtag it at table with us and we'll see it. 
<laughs> we'll yes. share it. That, and everybody should be doing that. I mean, to, and to go back to this for a second, my wine, you're, you're talking about something that is so selective and such a small little area and so much care, concern and hand, you know, work into yeah. it. And this bottle can be found between 23 and 25, $28 a bottle. And, and, and they insane. start at around 15. They right. start around in, in that 15 range, which I think is crazy. Like you're saying for the amount of work that people are putting into these. And and they're heroes on those steep yes. slopes, getting those grapes. <laughs> heroic viticulture, it really is. It's pretty so, intense. Yeah, so it is incredible. Uh, it is an incredible value. And the difference, like you had mentioned, you're only talking like 2 or $3 difference um, in a bottle for the DOC versus the Superiore DOCG. Like that's, that's like unheard of, you know, that I agree. Yeah. That, I think it's crazy. It's like the, 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 um, the QPR here, the cost of the cost to oh, the quality to price ratio. Um, is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know what, these wines are winners and you can't, you, you can't, I don't think you can ask for a better QPR and you know, this all roundness that, that these wines offer. It's, there should be more, there should be more in everybody's house. Although do not savor, do not savor (laughs) them. Well, the thing is, is that when you savor a wine, you lose a lot of wine. So it's a lot less. Well, that is true. (laughs) That is true. There there is the technique. There is the technique. I've gotten pretty good at not losing, not losing the wine, but the (laughs) <laughs> you lose bubbles too. You do lose bubbles. You do lose bubbles. Um, but these wines are fantastic. And the, you know, at, at table with us is an incredible initiative that I'm so happy to be able to uh, share with my listeners and uh, to be part of. So is, is there anything we're at, a, we're at about an hour. Um, is there anything mm-hmm. that we didn't cover that you want to make sure you get out there for the, either well, the DOCG or at table with actually, us? Actually, now that you mentioned it, there is one thing, um, as a, as a region, this is a region that is very eco-conscious. Um, there are a lot of, uh, organic and biodynamic producers. Um, mine, this wine actually happens to be organic, um, but the region as a whole banned the use of glyphosate in right. 2019. Um, so they were the first to do it. So uh, this is Roundup in layman's terms. Um, so nobody here is using it. It's um, it, 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 and, and they're pushing forward. It's an area that's like really constantly trying to do things better, do, um, do right by the environment. And that I, and, I did read that. That's awesome. And, and I think, I mean, we've mentioned this several times, but, you know, I, I think it's worth reiterating that this is, this is a region of small producers of these are families. These are couples um, working together, generations working together to, to, to make a, a pretty affordable and wonderful product. Absolutely. That is so so versatile that, you know, it just, there should just be more in your cellar 
in your stash yeah. so that you can just pull it out whenever you're in the mood. Cause no matter what it makes you happy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it totally makes you happy. And thanks so much for having me, Lori, having um, me on. And it's always fun to talk to you. Um, so happy to have you be part of at table with us. And this has been a blast. <laughs> well, thank you very much for sharing all the information and for sharing the wine. And there will be more posts um, of at table with us upcoming. And, you know, people go to your local shops and ask for it. If it's not there, ask for it, because when you ask for it, they get it. And that helps these little, they help, that helps these small producers who are looking for importers who are looking for that. If you ask, those wine shops are going to get them. So with that, I would like to say salute, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) And I hope to see you again soon. And um, maybe one of these days in real life. So (laughs) we'll get there eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for sharing this with with me and my listeners. And for everybody else, remember, should we try to say it one more time? We have a (laughs) Coniliano, Valdo Biadene, Superiore, DOCG. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Have a great night. This has been another episode of Exploring the Wine Glass. Thanks for listening. If you have suggestions on what topics you would like me to discuss, please reach out on social media. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Exploring the Wine Glass. I am also on LinkedIn as Lori Hoytbud. Of course, you can always email me at exploringthewineglass at gmail.com. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to help others find me more easily. And most importantly, tell your wine-loving friends, because if you like the podcast, they will too. Music is Wine by Kevens. Until next week, slancha. Sweet Merlot, give me the nappy, you know. Tempranillo, all the lovely Barolo. You are special.